and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shook Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. How's everything going over there? Yeah, it's going really well. And I'm quite excited about our podcast episode today. And this may actually turn into at least a two-part series, but we'll see how we go. Um, I have had a lot of conversations over the years around money because I feel like as women, oftentimes we struggle to talk about money because it's often... um, this sort of uh, measuring stick through kind of the masculine lens. And, and I don't know, I, I just find women are in generally uncomfortable talking about money. And I think this is a really important topic. So we're going to dive in to a couple of aspects about money, but money and business is really important. And we need to learn to be able to talk about it more, get more comfortable with it and learn how to use it as well. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm definitely coming to this conversation eager to explore and learn because it is still something that I observe in myself, um, some conflicts around money. And then I see it in my clients. I see it with um, the women, colleagues and peers, um, the entrepreneurial women that I'm around. And it seems like you know, and the research shows that women struggle to negotiate um, for more money. Yep. Women sometimes are uncomfortable discussing money. And often women don't even really know what's happening in their financial um, portfolio, right? They don't really mm-hmm. understand what's happening there. Um, and then in their business, like if you, if we're going to talk financial reports, a lot of women will admit that it's something they avoid looking at because it just completely overwhelms or makes them feel not very good about themselves. So it's, it's interesting that we're going to dive into the conversation of money, I think. Yeah. And I think, and I don't, I don't think there's, um, I think there's a very, very small percentage of women in the world who are comfortable with money. So this is a topic that I think is quite relevant for everybody. I know there's still ways I compare myself there's still, you know, conversations that feel uncomfortable. Um, although I've worked a lot sort of with my definitions and my feelings about money, you know, there's still places that you hit where people are judging you, people are comparing you. And, and so, yeah, this is why I think it's really important. And I think we should probably start with just sort of define like definitions around money. Because I think this is where a lot of sort of the judgment and the uncomfortableness comes from is that there's a lot of connotations around money, whether it's how much money you're making, how much money you're charging, how much money you're spending. You know, there's all these sort of like ideas and connotations around it. Because the truth is, 
money is just a form of exchange, right? We could use rocks. We could use, you know, um, tree leaves. I <laughs> really like there could be any form of exchange, but you know, we choose to call it money. And instead of it being this very neutral thing that we look at and we observe and we utilize, it's like we have all these ideas around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This loaded perception of money. And when you go to workshops on money, I find, I find that some of the most common first questions they start with, it's like, what do you remember about money? in your family, right? Mm. Like, what did you think about money growing up? Um, And it's so interesting that our perception of money starts at a very young age. And we've already talked on this podcast about the different ways in which um, we are culturally conditioned as boys and girls at a young age. And so um, I'm sure I didn't look this up prior to our podcast, but I'm sure there's actually some really interesting um, research and studies out there about how young children, um, boys and girls are approached, um, talked with about money, right? Mm -hmm. And it starts really young. Yeah, yeah. And I do think how your parents treated money, um, you know, what they did with that is very influential. And so oftentimes when I'm sort of talking to people about their experiences or their feelings around money, yeah, oftentimes it goes back to how our parents treated money, how they talked about money, um, you know, whether they used money to manipulate things or whether they were always stressed about money or whether, you know, they ignored money or whether it was like, you know, they, they would go through these cycles. Like I know my mother was more like a cycle person. So, you know, there would be money and then all the money would be gone and there would be money and all the money would be gone. And it was like this, you know, mm-hmm. cycle. And I think a lot of us have adopted patterns or perceptions to completely based on how we grew up around money. Uh, and, you know, even people who talk sort of about, you know, shifting the mindset around money and people who have, you know, there's a lot of sort of talks out there right now about, you know, how to have a money mindset and how to create more abundance. And, and some of that I think is actually not very grounded. Uh, But what I, what a lot of people talk about is if you were born with a lot of money, oftentimes and very comfortable and it was never really an issue, oftentimes you already have an abundance mindset. And so it's much easier for you to create money going forward because that's what, that's all you've known. Whereas if you've had a childhood where it was more in poverty or more struggling with money or there was more stress around money, then money becomes a much different association growing up. Yeah. Well, and from a psychological perspective around the way that we connect to familiar patterns versus unfamiliar patterns Mm -hmm. is that even though we want to be, um, maybe have a new pattern with money, we're going to fall back into what is familiar. How do we sort of hold that belief, thought, and even energy around money? So somebody can speak the word money and somebody who's had um, conflicted like you said, maybe have lived in poverty or where money was scarce or money um, was very connected to their well-being, they may have a response in their body immediately that's dread or fear or doubt. Or someone who's had a really positive experience with money and you say money or put money on the table, then it's just neutral or it's positive or it's like expected, right? So because that's where the person is in their familiar zone. So we tend to relate um, to money and in that way that's familiar. It's like, oh, that's what money is. Like that's, you know, what I've grown to believe. And when you step into a new pattern without realizing kind of where the old stuff might be coming up, then it can, you know, 
quickly become problematic. And people are like, gosh, I don't know. I have this great new thought about money now. I just came up with this new thought, you know, yesterday. And I don't understand why I'm still having this old relationship with money because Mm. it takes time to be able to shift that not only in, in your thinking mind, but in your feeling sense. Like I feel differently because money, like you said, is energy. And so if money is energy, we have to actually change our energetic embodied response to money. It's not just a flip of a switch or a thought that we can change, you know? Yes. Yes. And this is what I see, you know, uh, and we've talked about this in a few podcasts, but this whole positive, you know, be positive movement. And, you know, a lot of people are trying to change their energy and their internal um, trauma and all of these things by just creating a new thought. And that doesn't work because it's not in the body. It's not shifting the experience that your body has. And so, you know, yeah, it is about actually energetically shifting our relationship with money. And, and this is the thing, it, and that does take time and it's about integration. And, and the more trauma you have around it, the harder it is to shift, which is why, you know, it's really great to get support with some of the subconscious things with someone like Laura as an example. Um, you know, because we, we have these experiences in our lives. So for instance, if you had any kind of experience where your family was really stressed out or even times when you, um, you know, hit some kind of poverty level or you had some really, really traumatic experience around money, that is really built into your system. It can't just be rolled over. What I find is that people who are really desperate to make lots of money or you know, the people who are sort of running and chasing after a definition around money, it's usually because they have some kind of trauma and they're running over it. You know, they're trying to compensate for it. They're trying to, you know, create over it so that they feel better and they don't feel that feeling of, you know, whether it's poverty or lack or scarcity or whatever they experienced when they were young. So I think, you know, these are really important concepts to understand because this isn't something that you're going to shift overnight, but it's something that we have to take an active, um, you know, participation in if we want to shift our mindset, our energetic experience with money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just seems that the more that we keep kind of chasing after money, like you were saying, um, the more disconnected we stay with that energy Mm because we're chasing it we are not bringing that energy into our own experience and understanding what that means to give energy out and receive energy for what we're for what we're actually putting out in the world i think i think this is an interesting um place where my mind often goes with women and money is mm. that energetically speaking we have been conditioned to provide so much labor both emotional and physical manual labor in our lives that we are not comfortable with the energy of receiving money because we've been conditioned to, to um, give it and at, at no um, really ex- with no expectation to receive it equally or even more abundantly. And so if we're in this pattern of giving out energy and giving out energy, and then the, um, anytime we might want something for ourselves, we are kind of receiving a cultural message of, oh, no, that, that's what you just do because you're a good mom. That's yeah. what you do because you're a good 
partner or wife or daughter, right? It's like all of that messaging for a long time. I feel like almost we are, um, what's the word? It's like we are just so out of practice with receiving energetically any type of reward for our labor output (laughs) that we're just unconscious of that we're not asking for it. Well, and, and this is really interesting because I've had some experiences in the past and and I think this would be interesting to bring up in, as a conversation. You know, I think women, one of the issues is that so much of what we give, so much of the value that we give is caring, right? So it's, it's not, um, you can't put a number on it. So we can deplete ourselves and constantly giving and constantly, but we can't come back to someone and say, you owe me a thousand dollars. But, you know, a lot of men or, you know, even uh, certain people, they'll, they'll lend money as an example, you know, and then they can easily declare back, you owe me a thousand dollars. And there's this, I think there's such a challenge because so much of what we give as women, like you said, isn't paid. And also we don't, we can't put a price tag on it. And so because of that, there's this inequality, there's this strife among like, we'll deplete ourselves giving, but we never can ask someone to give it back because how do we quantify it? Right. And so I think that then we go to extremes, which often happens when something is a new way of um, like a new pattern we're experimenting with. And we realize like all of a sudden we become conscious of the fact that we haven't been receiving. Oh my goodness. I haven't been receiving. I'm finally mindful of this and I want to correct that pattern. And usually what we do then is we swing the other way really far. And then we're like, so I'm going to charge like three or four times what I've been charging or that you see that chasing that you were talking about or, or I'm going to be um, that millionaire or I'm going to be. And I, so I do think that sometimes we go for women. I see us on either one of that spectrum, either not valuing the output and providing a lot of emotional, physical labor for things that we're not getting compensated for. And we don't know how to negotiate or receive that. Yep. Or we go the other way and we're overcharging and we're out of integrity, not because we're bad people, but because we don't don't know how to reconcile that new way of being with money. And, and it's just this kind of overcorrection, right? Yeah. And I think really what we can talk about, because what I think I really want to sort of focus on in this episode is really sort of the psychology and the definition and, you know, some of these things around money. And then I think in our next episode, we can really focus on some of the practical things of how we utilize money in our business, how we talk about it, how we calculate it, you know, things like that. But one of the yeah. things that I, I think is, you know, just what you were talking about is, is a lot of people don't have a comfortable relationship with money. So then it becomes something that they just put a thought process around. There's no feeling around, there's no connection to it. And this is what I see a lot of times in that striving for the million dollars, right? There's this, it's just rampant right now. Like, I mean, I think um, I was in a, a group once and someone was like, you know, would you like to make a million dollars? And like thousands of people said, yes, you know, and I want a million, I'm going for a million, I'm gonna create a million this year, okay? There's like this obsession with this number, right? A million dollars, which on a, on a very neutral and realistic level can mean anything. You can make, you know, there's million dollar businesses who are making zero money for themselves because it's all expenses. There's million dollar businesses who are making huge amounts of profit. There's, you know, like this, it's everything in between. And I think this number, the way that we have created some of the ideas of what we want to create in our business or what kind of money we want to make it's not realistic because it's in our head. It's in this concept and idea because we don't have a good energetic relationship with money. 
And when we can feel money, when we can understand it, when we have a good relationship with it, I think then we can have goals and a more realistic connection to what we can create. And not to say you can't create a million dollars, but what I see in the world is that there's nobody has a connection to money. They just want to make it. They want to sell stuff. They want to have passive income. It's all ideas. And it's all because so many people have lost a connection you know, to the energetic exchange of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if money made us happy, <laughs> then <laughs> all these really rich people would be happy. And that's not the case. So it's like, it's interesting that we continue to pursue money as this source of happiness, yet it doesn't lead there. And we haven't changed the marker of success either. So when I see really successful women, in my opinion, because they're balancing a lot of different um, things in their life, they're running a business, they've got a really um, hands-on approach with their family, they're taking care of themselves, they're doing um, something for the world, like they're doing all of this great work and they're bringing home possibly a modest amount that covers like what they want to have in their life. Like that is something that should be celebrated, that's successful, but they won't be on the cover of Forbes. They won't be the top 10 woman, you know, under the age of 40 that's in started her own business or something. You know, it's just, we don't really have role models of what it means to even have this success on your own terms. Like, what does it mean to you? Do you need designer clothes or do you just love what you do and you're getting enough money to continue to do what you do and have some great regular clothes? You know, I mean, it's just kind of like, why do we lose sight of measuring our own success and we look to this outside pie in the sky version that we're all supposed to emulate? Oh my gosh. I feel like I could just talk about this one tiny sliver all day, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, it's interesting because you know, for example, I was recently at a conference that had some awards and judging to it. And and what I found really interesting is these were all moms in business, but the comparison, the way that they were judged was like a lot on income as an example, like what's their revenue, you know, how much are they making, what success have they had. But it's it was so diverse. Like you can't compare someone who has been in business 20 years, whose kids are completely grown up, who, you know, has literally had 20 years to build an empire, who's making money, but you really don't have any clue of what their expenses are and what like kind of actual income or profit they're making. You can't compare them to like a woman who's just starting out her business who is, you know, handling two and three-year-old kids at home, who is, you know, trying to navigate all these things and might even be making more profit than the person who's been in business 20 years. But again, if you're just looking at revenue, you can't even remotely compare it. And I think these definitions around money is partly what we have to shift and change, you know, because... And I experience this myself as well, because when I look at sort of the years that like, for instance, I took off time with my daughter and it took me a really like years to get back into working full time. I mean, I just started going five days a week back to full time working on my business in October. And if you look at sort of the years and my income level, well, they're a lot lower in the years that I'm home with my child and that I'm not fully engaged in my business five days a week and totally different than like now when I'm fully engaged in my business. 
But I feel embarrassed when I look at those numbers, right? I feel like, wow, like that's not enough. And I'm comparing myself to people because I'm surrounded by a lot of people in that millionaire category. And so it's really interesting when you start to look at that and, and the way that we shame ourselves and the way that we even shame each other when we've got so much else going on. I mean, there's like, you know, there's women who have full-time jobs, there's women who have full, like our full-time carers and they're still trying to run a business on the side. Like we've got to stop comparing <laughs> because like mm-hmm. the numbers mean nothing because as you get into really looking behind the scenes of businesses and this is what I tell people as I as I've looked behind the scenes of thousands and thousands of businesses the image you have of what their revenue is the image that you have of how successful they are that is nothing and it means nothing and when you look behind the scenes oftentimes they're making a very small amount of salary almost all of their money is going into the expenses and their labor and everything else they're doing and so it's like this image they have of how successful they are. I mean, I've known people who everyone thinks are so successful and they've got like a million dollar debt, million dollars. And they're constantly running, trying to like catch up to that. And so, you know, this whole idea, we've got to strip back this whole idea of like what people are making, what we're making, how good we are, what this means about the success of our business and just stop all of that because it doesn't mean anything. We don't have enough context. We don't have enough information most of the time to really see the reality. Yeah. And we cannot make I mean, it's never good to compare anyway. There's so many reasons why we shouldn't compare ourselves. But when it comes to money, we are so inaccurate, like you're saying, in our comparisons because mm-hmm. we don't really know, you know, what what's the overhead, what's the take home. Um, and I think that, I mean, it really makes me very angry when I think about the number of years that women are out of the workforce, that we're not actually earning any money because we have opted out, the media would call it, of our career to take care of our kids. We're really opting in to be connected to ourselves and to our family. Um, But those are a lot of years of um, not being compensated for our labor. Then um, you take into consideration that when we do, like you said, kind of get back into our careers, we are not working 40 hours a week. You know, a lot of these moms are running amazing businesses on 20 to 25 hours a week. Like that should be celebrated right then and there. (laughs) Like the amount of work that women get done on a part-time schedule is crazy. It's amazing. And you know, how many women are also running themselves into the ground, trying to compete with people when they don't have the same circumstances. And this is a lot of what I teach my clients. And a lot of what we talk about in my program is that every single person has a different set of circumstances. And this is why every individual has to not come, you know, basically can't compare themselves to anyone else and has to stay in their own vibration and their own understanding of what their circumstances are, because no one has the same set of circumstances. And we, and so like, you know, every time we try to compare and look at that and chase after someone else's, you know, goals because of they have a different set of circumstances, we're letting ourselves down. And so, you know, it's really important that we 
that we stop doing that and that we start to to really appreciate wherever we are in our journey with our unique set of circumstances. Whatever money we make is neutral. It doesn't mean we can't decide to make more or decide to pull back. It does like all of that is our choice. But I think when you strip back the definitions, you strip back the judgment, you strip back the comparison, then the money becomes very neutral. Yeah. And it is, it's a energy that's not good or bad. It's an energy that we use for exchange. And I think for, and this goes back to um, so many ways in which receiving attention, receiving energy, receiving money, receiving um, for women is something that is not as second nature because we have spent a lot more time on the energy out. I I feel like that if we just think about the money and about the energy, that that's where we can start understanding and having more compassion and less judgment of, you know, why, why didn't I negotiate um, for a higher salary? Like the, you know, there's all of the research um, that shows that when, you know, when they've done comparisons of men and women saying, you know, how much um, they've negotiated for, you know, men always ask for more money, women always settle for less, you know, those kinds of things. I think instead of just judging ourselves on that, right, because then some women are like, well, screw that. Like, I'm just going to, I don't know why I'm doing that to myself. I think first we need to have compassion be like, okay, the reason why we're doing that to ourselves is because we have been rewarded for that behavior for a very long time. And it makes sense that that might be our knee jerk reaction. But if we start understanding that we're negotiating, not for more money, for more dollar signs, we're negotiating for more value in exchange for what we're providing. We are negotiating for more respect. We're negotiating for more of that appreciation that is all of what that energy is coming back in. A dollar signs are like, we think you're valuable. We think that what you have is worth paying this for. And I think that's a different relationship to our, um, to our actual worth as women. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think there's really sort of two things, you know, on sort of like moving from that, that we kind of need to look at. Like, I think money in itself is neutral. And so we have to get more comfortable with looking at it. It's just numbers. Like, you know, it's just math. It's just, you know, this is the numbers. This is the expenses. This is our income. This is what we're charging. This is what we need more of. Like, it's all just math. Like all of that is super neutral. And when you can just look at the numbers and be like, yeah, that's, that's the numbers, you know, that I think is a really good skill that's important for us to learn because as business owners, we do have some reality around needing to look at our numbers, needing to, to record our metrics, needing to understand what we're making, what we're losing, how to increase all of that. And that's, I think we'll talk about sort of in the next episode. But I also think what we have to talk about then is our personal relationship with money. And that's a little bit different. Like that, then we're talking about sort of what is our energetic connection to it? What does it mean to us? Because see, what I find is that most women are not connected in the same way men are to money. And, and there's a whole nother level for men. Like men also have definitions around money, you know, being the breadwinner. They have cultural influences as well. And so we're just going to sort of leave that off the table at the moment. 
But when for women, I think most women don't connect in the same way to money. They don't feel like, you know, I have to make this much money. I need this number. You know, they're more reaching for freedom. They're more reaching for value. Um, they have to define their own relationship with money. And this is a journey I've had over the years and I've learned a lot about because I know I was very shamed when I was young um, for not wanting more money for not craving stability, for not going into corporate, for not using all my skills to be, you know, a, a really, really successful monetarily, you know, woman. Like I was, I was quite shamed for that in my family and, you know, always looked down on because there was a measure of success related to how much money you made. And so for mm -hmm. me, for a long time, my uh, importance, like I never cared about money. As long as I had enough to live, as long as I had enough to do things, I cared about impact. I cared about where I could give. I cared about who I could, you know, shift and change, who I could influence, who I could support, who I could lift up. Like for me, it was always about that. It was never really about money. And I think my resistance to being shamed around money then created sort of the opposite where for me, you know, I didn't want to see my metrics. I didn't care what I made. You know, did I have enough to pay my bills? Did I have enough to eat? You know, it's like, as long as I could do everything I wanted, that's fine. And, and so I had to work through and integrate all of those connections to money. I had to reform a relationship with money. I had to see where is my value in my business around making money. And, and there was a, a lot of shifts and changes I made over the years to find my own definitions around success and money, to find my own relationship with it. And so like, you know, I know why I want to create money in my business. I know what that means to me. It's not someone else's definition. It's not someone else's goal. It's mine. And I really encourage every woman to start to explore their personal relationship with money. What do they want to create? with it? What they, what can they see with it? How do they want to feel about it? Because I think that really shifts and changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like the story that you're telling is, is a common one of having something that affected your perception of money at a young age. And you made a choice to respond to money in a certain way. And for you, it was almost an act of rebellion, it sounds like, mm -hmm. right? To not let money define you, not let yeah. money be what motivated you. And then you almost moved too far away from, well, do I know how much um, money I'm making? Do I know how much money I'm spending? And um, do I feel comfortable with my books? Um, and a lot of women will say that they hide from their numbers. Um, they don't even want to look at their money because of different emotional responses they have to it. Yeah. And um, yet most women, when they start to peel back those layers and they start to look at money more neutrally, like you're saying, and just understand their relationship, their relationship to it, they start to discover that they actually like the numbers, that the numbers are interesting, that they tell a story, that mm -hmm. they are a map, that they help them make decisions. They don't have to just shoot in the dark for like some random, I'm going to just come up with this idea. No, they look at their numbers. Um, and so I think that's something that a lot of women have also been told, well, you're not good at numbers or you're not good at math. Um, I mean, luckily there's this whole, you know, surgence of STEM um, education for young women here in the States. Um, I'm not sure if that's something in Australia, all the focus on the um, STEM education. Is that yep. something that's, yeah. yeah um, science and math and 
engineering. And all of that has been something that women have, you know, kind of, um, in our generation, we're just kind of like, Oh, that's not your thing. So realizing that you may love numbers and you may have a whole other relationship, um, to, uh, what's going on numerically in your, in your business. If you start understanding how you feel about money and what you've been taught about money. And even just one exercise that, um, that I played around with for a while was just the act of carrying more cash with me because I forget about money having a physical weight to it or a feel to it. Like you forget that energy because we're doing everything <laughs> through credit cards. Everything is online. It's transferred. And in a way those numbers start to lose um, the weight. So if you find, you know, like you're disconnected to the energy of money, it can be interesting just to go get some fresh dollar bills or $20 bills or hundred dollar bills, whatever you want to play with, you know, and have in your purse, have it around you, like actually look at it, feel it, you know, to get reconnected to maybe something that has, um, it could have negative or just it could be something you haven't really discovered and sat with. So that was something that was um, kind of a light bulb for me that I realized, wow, I don't ever, I just treat money like it's very, uh, my, my relationship with money is like, I want to pretend like it's not there. It's really <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to think about money. It's not important. I don't make decisions because it's, I'm going to get rewarded financially. I do it because it's good. It's better for the world. So I can relate to you, Sonia. And like a lot of, I'm motivated because I'm making change in the world, but there's a certain point of ignoring that money um, is not healthy. And that's, it's not helping me have that neutral energetic exchange with it. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the challenges is we have a lot of men in the world in our lives in business as an example pushing you to know your metrics and pushing you to to you know make your metrics bigger and like the problem is is it's again from that very masculine lens a lot of women aren't comfortable with it it's not aligned with our values so metrics are really important actually and it took me a long time to recognize this in my business a long time to value it a long time to find a good relationship with metrics but they are really important and i think we've got to you know sort of redefine that for ourselves we've got to look at the metrics that matter to us you know in like you know it's just like vanity metrics which don't matter you know we've got to look at the real metrics in our business you know what is our income how much conversion are we have how many hours are we working a week really like really you know at night and on weekends like how much time are we putting in and so that we can change our numbers and the beautiful part about metrics and numbers on a neutral level is that they're indicators of things for us so that we can also, you know, measure and change them and have some reality around that. I think that when you avoid your numbers, which a lot of women do, and when you don't look at your metrics, when you don't look at things, it's like there's no groundedness in your business. In some ways, the metrics and the numbers, they ground you. And it's really, really important that you find a, a healthy relationship with them. And there's lots of ways to do that. I think one of the other things we kind of have to talk about is that when we have people around us, because, you know, it's one thing to sort of begin to develop a powerful relationship with money in ourselves, but then we sort of have to navigate the people that are close to us. We're, we're navigating all of their beliefs and all of their issues with money and their triggers with money. And, you know, whether that's your partner, whether that's your parents, whether that's your friends, I think, you know, we, we sort of have to talk about the need and the requirement that you're going to have to navigate that because, 
you know, the people around you have triggers. They may not have a good relationship with money. Um, they may have a lot of beliefs and judgments around money and around your business. And I see this a lot with partners. Um, as I'm working with women, their partners often, you know, treat their business like it's a hobby, you know, judge the numbers, you know, shame them for what they're making or not making. You know, it's a, it's a really sort of interesting thing. And I think what you have to realize is the, the people around you, they've got their own beliefs and their own issues they haven't navigated yet, their own traumas and their own sort of relationship to money. And it's not really your responsibility to deal with that. And it's, you know, it is your responsibility to stand up for your relationship with money and where you want to be and what you want to create and your feelings around. Yeah. I mean, that is such a good reminder because so many conflicts we have with money are because we're checking in with those people around us looking for that validation and that permission. And they have, these people around us have issues with money and it's not about, um, yeah, like that's not the place you want to be sourcing. I know in my industry in health and wellness and like with therapists, massage therapists, um, it's any of the like healers, many of them struggle with being comfortable with money because they have been shamed by one another. Like mm -hmm. we have been brought up in even like our grad school professors would say things about like, you know, okay, we've got this one class on private practice, but really it's all about the ethics. We're not going to go so much into busy, you know, business because you probably are here to help people, not to make a whole lot of money at it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm glad yeah, I was in that yeah. room. <laughs> oh my God. Like it wasn't just coming from our peers. Like it has come from the mouths of mm. our mentors, our professors, our leaders, and um, just so ingrained that many of the um, individuals that I'm around, my peers and colleagues and here in a health and wellness co-working space, like they struggle with feeling okay with it um, without feeling guilt or shame. And then I've had like in a Facebook group, one time I noticed this woman was being vulnerable about her cost or what she was going to charge. And she wanted to increase what she was charging for this particular workshop. And she wanted the opinion of, um, you know, all of us entrepreneurs and in the, it was all health and wellness entrepreneurs. And, you know, most people were so supportive and trying to give her some feedback, but this one comment stood out to me because it was so shaming. And she just said, I really think you should be spending more time looking at the quality of what you are offering versus, versus what you're going to be charging monetarily for it. And it was just like in this really shaming tone. I was like, oh my gosh, there it is. Yep. There it is. This woman I could tell was a little nervous to talk about money in this wellpreneur group. And there it was like, yep. And you shouldn't be talking about money because it's not important. Um, and you're less of a healer because of it. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, this is just, it's so prevalent. And so, you know, here we are, we're like, yes, we all need to get comfortable talking about money. And yet it's, there's not very many safe environments to talk as women. So I think, you know, what I would also encourage you is to find the people in your lives who are more neutral with money, someone that you can talk to neutrally about money. So whether that's like a coach, like I know for like, it's helpful to have someone who's done the work and their relationship with money is really good because then they can sort of help you see where you're still not neutral or just, just be able to listen without their own triggers happening. I mean, money is a very triggered subject. And so oftentimes, anytime you talk about it, someone around you is going to be triggered. 
And so I think, you know, finding someone in your life that you feel like you can really talk about it with openly, that's not going to judge you, that's not going to shame you, that's just going to listen. I think this is really, really important. Yeah, it is. And that is, you know, it's sometimes hard to find it first because people are nervous about talking about money. But then when you start putting it out there with a few people you trust, you might be surprised Like you could form this small, you know, maybe you have your own Facebook group of five yeah. <laughs> people that you can just go to. Um, I was really, I'm a part of a, a Facebook group that a woman did just say, Hey, I want to talk about money. And she went on to ask a really vulnerable question and people really jumped in there. Of course, it's a, it's a very like, um, it's that type of entrepreneurial group where all these women leaders are like, we're done with the old way. <laughs> like, we're done with that. Um, and we're forging our new paths. But yeah, I love to see when people are vulnerable and um, have found safe places. And I definitely, I mean, our Facebook group is one of those. I really want people to to know they could jump on there and talk about money. Um, it, yes. It's just something that it's scary. It's scary to, to put your question out there. Like, hey, I've been in business for this many years and I'm stuck at this amount. Like, what do you think that means about my business? You know, people are afraid to give that information because they're afraid they're going to be judged. And I actually know I have had a, a, um, a male coach, business coach once uh, look at my numbers and he's like, and you're still trying this. I'd be out. <laughs> yeah. And this is one of the reasons why I think it's great. I, I know a lot of people sort of lean sometimes towards male business coaches, but honestly, you know, women will understand your situation so much more. And, you know, as long as they've done the work themselves and integrated their own stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, and that's why, you know, like, I think one of the ways you can start is by just starting even to journal around your own relationship with money and feeling, you know, how is my relationship with money? Do I avoid it? Do I embrace it? Do I feel uncomfortable with it? Do I, do I struggle with charging around it? I mean, everyone has like their own sort of blueprint around money. And, you know, it's good to start to be aware of what yours looks like. And then it's about, you know, starting to work with it and integrate it and change it. And because money has so many triggers and it's very subconscious, I'd highly recommend, you know, sort of navigating it with someone who is good at the subconscious level. I'm not a fan of you know, some of the people who are like, I can teach you to be abundant and blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, I don't know. I think there's a lot of creating over. And what you want to make sure you're not doing is you're not creating over the feelings you actually have about money. Because you can't just, if your relationship with money is, um, I always feel like I'm in scarcity. I feel like I'm running from it, you know, et cetera. And you just try to be like, I love money. Money is amazing. Money just comes to me. That does not work. You actually have to let yourself feel your real relationship with money and work with that until it's shifted and changed. So, mm. you know, yes. just highlight so, that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Cause that is a common, um, invitation these days is just to jump into the, the pursuit of the positive relationship of money, but you've got to go into the uncomfortable places first. You have to be comfortable like with, um, getting more comfortable with discomfort getting uncomfortable with that, getting more comfortable with uncertainty and all of the 
thing about Pimba, Pema Chodron's book. Um, she has a book that's called that and it's lessons of being comfortable with uncertainty. And that's what money can be for a lot of people, you know, this place of uncertainty, of scarcity, of fear. And we don't want to just cover that up with pink icing. You don't want to just, you know, throw some dollar signs at it and be like, oh, it's going to be fine. Because even if you were to acquire that million dollars, guess what? You haven't learned a new relationship with that money. So it's going to go as soon as it came. It's going to find ways. And this is actually really interesting with the um, studies they've done on people who've won money, people who Mm -hmm. win the lotto. They rarely keep that money for very long if they did not already have a good relationship with money. And most people who are buying lottery tickets actually are running after. They're trying to to find, you know, that um, happy ticket that's just going to make everything better. And life has a way of bringing it back around. (laughs) It's like if you're not going to learn the lesson, it's going to find a way to get it back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the energy in yourself, the energy that you have with things, it really is what dictates your experiences. And, you know, I try to teach my clients that they don't realize sometimes that, you know, they're doing all the right things, they're taking all the right actions, they're, you know, being positive, all these things, they've worked with their thoughts, they've, you know, done tapping or whatever it is, you know, they've done all these things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't realize yet their energy is still creating their experience. It doesn't matter what tactics they've done, what actions they've taken. It's the energy that's coming through. And so, you know, the same is true with money. And and we've got to wrap up today, but I think this was a really good sort of lead in to the topic of money. You know, now we've kind of talked about the mindset and the psychology around it and, you know, forming a better relationship with money. But next week, I really want to dive into some of the practicalities and some of the important aspects of how we utilize money in our businesses. Because I also think that's really important to have both the inside and the outside topics around this. Um, anything you want to wrap up, Laura? Mm, I think I just want to um, just continue to think on this topic. And I'm grateful that we're exploring this relationship with money and remembering that it's energy. And yeah, grab that dollar bill and sit with it a little bit more and think about <laughs> how you relate yeah to that little piece of paper <laughs> that we give it. so much meaning to That's right yeah all right well thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week thanks so much for listening to the show you can dive into more of the conversation in our facebook group women in the business arena you can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.